hands shall humble themselves and pray. Alan Klein, accompanied by Vance's music director, Mrs. Debbie Briding. We turn to Matthew this morning for our gospel lesson, the 20th chapter, starting at the first verse. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for the vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And when he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. Then he went out again about noon and about three o'clock he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. And when those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. 
Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have, been bor- have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to you, to give to the last, the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. From the 16th chapter of Exodus comes this great story where manna is introduced to us. And there are a couple of themes that can be raised up here. One, of of course, is God's provision, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. Another is, be careful about griping about your leaders, because if they are appointed leaders of God, by God, they speak for God. So griping against your leaders is the same as griping against God, according to this text. And finally, then, there is... A word about Sabbath keeping here in this text. You see that in that they got double portions on Saturday so that they didn't have to go and work on Sunday. And it reminds us of the importance of the Sabbath. So here in the 16th chapter of Exodus, starting at the second verse, we hear this. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses... And Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to them, If only we had died at the hands of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And in that way they will, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day they will prepare what they bring in, and it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. Because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. 
For what are we that you should complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, and then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted... There on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance as fine as frost on the earth. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, today we talk about manna, that magical, mystical, unknown stuff. The word manna literally means, what is it? What is it? And to this day, we really don't know what it is. It could be sap from a special kind of tree. It could be remnants from a kind of insect that ate plants. And, or it could be a special kind of plant. Nobody's quite sure. But whatever it is, whatever that stuff was... It was comfort to the complaining Israelites. Now, we talked a few weeks ago about what a miracle is, right? And and a generation or so ago, in ministry, that was one of the big questions they wanted you to answer. Do you believe in miracles? Because everybody was becoming very scientific, and they wanted to say, oh, that manna in the desert? No, it wasn't a miracle. It was, it was the sap of a tree. And here's what I think. Even if it was the sap of a tree, it's still a miracle. So here's the thing. There is a real phenomenon that happens in the desert where when quail are migrating, they get tired. 
and the winds blow across the sea and they literally blow the quail into the desert. And the quail are so tired that you can literally lift your hand up and pluck them out of the air. And some people say, well, that's not a miracle. That's just science. Well, who made the quail that they could be plucked out of the air? Miracles still happen, no matter how we define them. The thing is, how does your worldview see what is happening there? Do you understand that God put those quail there? Do you understand that God gave the people... Gave the people bread? And what were they complaining about? They wanted bread and flesh pots. They wanted bread and meat. And God answers their very concern. Wow. Here's the thing. I'll tell you a good story. Some of you know... When I was buying my house, it was a disaster. And disaster is probably the polite word for what I'm describing. Every time the realtors started to get their acts together, the bank acted up. And every time the bank acted up, the realtors started to act up. And nobody could ever figure out what to do. Uh, Somebody was talking the other day about, gosh, you wouldn't believe how long it's taking, Mr. Mead, for us to close on mortgages these days. It's taking almost 60 days in some cases. And I'm thinking to myself, I think it took, I I literally said to Jane, I said, I think it took 150 days for me to close on my house. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Well, fast forward to, I'm going through Facebook one day, and the pastor of the church that I attended before I moved here, the pastor of the church that I attended in Caddis, was on Facebook. And usually when those Facebook things come up, I just scroll through them. I see that somebody's talking. I'd never turn the sound on to listen. For some reason... This particular day, I turned the sound up and listened, and he was saying, we need money to make the Caddis Church suitable for our children. We want to tear out a wall and add pictures and add um, uh, bright paint and things to make a place for the kids because we're about to have a great revival. We're having this marvelous convention. We're having this great speaker come in, and we know it will mean revival for our church, but we need some extra money to make this thing happen. And we're counting on you to provide that. And I kept scrolling through and not thinking about it. And Finally, as I was praying, I heard God say to me, you know, you can't get your own house in order if the house of the Lord is not in order. And I went, oh, okay. So I sent them the money they needed. Can't get my own house in order. 
unless the house of the Lord is ordered. Now, let me just tell you that after I did that, the realtors got their acts together. The mortgage people got their acts together. And the very day that that check cleared in the bank, everything cleared for me to own my house. You could say that's a coincidence. But I don't. See, in Reformed tradition, there are no coincidences. God is sovereign. God knows what God is doing. God always controls what happens. Do I think that in obedience to what God had told me to do, God made some things happen for me? Yes, I do. And note that in this text today, what God says is, I'm going to give my people instructions to see if they can follow them. Hmm. We must follow God's instructions. The people are sitting around complaining because they no longer have access to the flesh pots and the bread of their oppressors. They were slaves and they're saying, maybe it'd just be better for us to go back to slavery and eat out of the flesh pots. Now, do you know what a flesh pot was? A flesh pot was this big cast iron pot that they just threw any kind of meat they could find into. Yep, could be a lamb, could be a, could be a cow, could be a scorpion, could be a frog, could be an alligator. And they shoved it all in there and just kind of stirred it up and then they ate out of it and you got meat and protein out of it. Maybe tasted a little like chicken. And no, nothing. Tastes like chicken. See, that's funny right there. And that's what they had to eat. And when they're in the desert starving, they say, we'd rather go back to that than be here and take a chance with God. And God says, oh, you poor people. If you need meat and bread that badly, I'll give it to you. Now there's another text in the Bible where the people complaining that they only have manna to eat, they don't have, they don't have meat. And, and it's a lovely text. And I'm rolling my eyes as I say that. It says that God gave them enough quail that they ate until they came out their noses. It's gross. But that's how God provides. God provides everything they need beyond their wants, beyond their imagination. And that is what God does for us. It's not a coincidence that they get food. It's meeting their very need. Their every want is met by God. And you see, friends, some of us look at the world around us today and they think, oh, thus and so is just a coincidence. Oh, that over there just happened. 
just happened. Oh, God obviously doesn't care about what's happening in our world now. Because such and such is so bad and there's no evidence of God's presence. Well, friends, open your eyes. Change your worldview. Look at what's happening around you to know that God provides for all our needs. This is the God we serve. This is the God who loves us. And this is the God who cares for us. To this day, thanks be to God. Amen.